Yo, I remember Sunday mornings back in 1996 Right in front of the television, mama can't tell me shit Do the dishes, boy, rocket power on, let me skip Nah, never said that, I ain't crazy, let's reminisce Chubby boy trying to figure out life and play his part Voice on TV asking me if I'm afraid of the dark Nah, never was, help me grow into something proper Beating beats, got him screaming out, ah, I'm a real monster I got in the sports late, you never would see me dribble Mama gave birth to a genius, they calling a Didi Pickle I'm in Dexter's lab, trying to check out them death toys After that, chilling with Ralph, making fun of the head boys Pop's not around, I'm learning from Uncle Phil and Bill Cosby I get in the situation, they got me 25 Still awaiting my letter from Hogwarts Yo, this 90s kid is still like a child of some sort Man. Hello and welcome to the Massive Mediocrity Podcast. I am your host, Max Kesslering, and I'm here with the co-host with the most, Frederick Kesslering. How are you? Good, man. Happy to be here. Moved into my second apartment in Boston. Oh, uh, so you're in the new apartment. Yeah. It's very special. Yep. This is this marks the first uh, the inaugural uh, episode of the new... Uh, I'm breaking the... I can't talk. That's all right. <laughs> so, uh, give you a little insight on the background. We had some legitimate technical difficulties. Can't hear in anybody. So, right now we are recording. We are in a phone call on our phones, and we are recording on our Yeti microphones off of the computers. So, this might be a little janky. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I'm not quite sure how it's going to go, but I feel good about the start. You know, good. I started out my <laughs> very precise words. My words are excellent. I use the best words and uh, the hugest, the bestest, the, the biggest words. They are the best words. And I feel really good about how we started this podcast. Not going to lie. Good, good. I'm so glad. Today's been a great day. Moving on, we're going to talk about last night. First off, uh, the Golden State Warriors took down the Houston Rockets in game seven in Houston in a, a pretty ugly, pretty interesting game. Yeah, they ran out of jet fuel. <laughs> Rocket fuel. <laughs> the Rockets missed at one point twenty-seven straight three-point attempts in a row. Yeah, yeah, that is absolutely heinous. Um, and like everyone's saying, like live by the three, die by the three. I get that a little bit, but like some of them were open looks. Like you have to take. The, it's not like you're jacking up threes just to jack them up. It's like those are what the the defense gave you so it's not it wasn't a bad look um i don't know fatigue definitely paid a played a factor uh, you know james harden played an or, inordinate amount of minutes um and you could really tell the difference between the first half and the second half to him for him is pretty staggering um you know i think he had uh 27 points or 20 something points at the end of the, I don't, I don't know quite the numbers, but I know that he was really good. I don't have any internet. This so. is a, this, this is a non fact checking podcast, not internet having podcast. Yeah, so I don't have the internet. No, this is the no internet podcast. I'm trying to be a good host or co-host, but I literally I'm like useless. <laughs> <laughs> we'll carry you through this one, Fresh. Yeah, we'll you go, gotta we'll, carry me. All right, sounds good. Um, so last game though, that was. Basically, the Rockets were taking open looks, but 
were so dead and just so under banned that they didn't have it anymore. And at the first half, they looked great. I mean, they were up by 11 going into halftime. And the Rockets were, were playing way better than the Warriors. The Warriors were playing, honestly, some of the worst basketball they've ever played. Um, at the end of the first quarter, Steve Kerr was like, yeah, that might be the worst basketball I've ever seen us play ever. And if we play better, then we'll do better. <laughs> he says like that. He says stuff like that all the time, though. So It's like a classic Popovich move. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I don't know don't, if I'm connected to the Wi-Fi. Don't tell me. I think that's what it is. <laughs> we're well, we're running it. We're going through. We're, this will be the most jacked up phone call podcast ever. It's gonna be hype. I'm so excited. Yo, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm literally so excited for this podcast. I'm so excited for you all to listen to this. I really hope you enjoy this weird content. We're not even sure if it's gonna match up correctly. This is what it's like to like be in my life, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so your life is just turns and twists and perils of you trying to figure out Wi-Fi? No, it's more like me not being able to, you know, do the most menial tasks and, you know, the struggle that is my everyday existence. Would you say that you're pretty mediocre? I would say I'm extremely mediocre. I love you all the same. Thanks, man. Uh, so the Rockets were playing much better, and the Warriors were very mediocre in the first half. Some would say terrible. Um, Steph Curry, though, you, the Rockets, or, sorry, the Warriors are known for their third quarter. That's when they pop off. That's when they start playing really well. And it happened once again. Steph Curry found his rhythm. Uh, they started moving the ball better, and they got their offense running. That's really when it started happening. I think it was when Steph Curry decided he was the leader of the offense and he dictated the pace and he dictated where the ball was going. That's when it flowed. And that's what we've been saying this whole time is that Steph Curry is really the cog, you know, he's the he's the straw that stirs the drink. He's, you know, he's the point guard. He's the point god. You know what I mean? He's he's the point, point god. He is he is the point god. Did he take over Chris Paul's um Okay, so I got, I do want to get to Chris Paul and this injuries. You want to talk about the injuries that happened in this series that really affected it? The, the Iguodala injury first off that happened in game, what was that, game four? Uh-huh. And then the Chris Paul injury that happened in game five. Yep. I think, this is, this is my stance, is that being healthy is a skill. Being healthy is a talent. There's Some people have an ability to stay healthy. And some people don't. And Chris Paul is one of those people that does not. I don't know if it's his style of play. I don't know if it's how he takes care of his body. I don't know if he's lucky, but I think it's unlucky. But at a certain point, it's like, dude, you got to be healthy. And you can't be like, oh, what if he was injured? What if he was healthy? He's injured this time. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, the Warriors is just like an asterisk to their championship. No, you signed this player that is known to be injured in the playoffs. And once again, he was injured in the playoffs. You roll the dice. He's known to not be healthy all the time, especially in the playoffs. It's a skill to maintain your body. It is a ability that the elite of the elite players like LeBron and Kevin Durant and Westbrook continue to be healthy and show up in the playoffs, whereas Chris Paul has not. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely. Um, 
that's kind of what you get when you get Chris Paul. When you sign him in the offseason, you you know that there's a good possibility of him, you know, being injured. Um, yeah, I mean, it happened last year where him and Blake both went out. Um, I believe it happened two years ago when he was out for a little bit. Um, and it's like, it sucks. I would have loved to see him play, but I would, um, I don't know how much it would have changed the, the outcome. Um, I, I think it could have. I definitely could have changed the outcome, but that's not the point, you know? Mm-hmm. He wasn't healthy. Injuries yeah. happen. It reminds me a lot of, what was it, the 2015 finals? 15 where, finals when the Warriors won? Yeah, when the Warriors won and Kevin Love and Kyrie first year, Exactly, when Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving got injured in the playoffs. Those guys are known to be injured. They have been injured many times in their past. Like, they are somewhat injury-prone players. Mm-hmm. So, like, you sign up with them, you should know what you're getting into. And if them to not be healthy, it's not the Warriors' fault or any other team's fault for them not being healthy. It's um, a risk you take, you know? They're really talented, but they also just aren't healthy for whatever reason. Um, so, I don't know. I don't think it should be an asterisk, and I think a lot of people take it as that. And I, I would... I would say that for any sport or any, you know, any team, I think that's cross-platform, basically. Cross-league, cross-generational. If someone's injured, it's not the other team's, you know, dismay. It's not an asterisk for the other team. And if I yeah, say something of the con- Totally. If I say something of the contrary, please, people, call me out. But that's what my beliefs are, at least. No, I get that. I mean, and you see the eagles let's just say this might be uh you know an exception not the rule but you know the eagles their star quarterback went out and their backup quarterback came in and everyone's kind of going against them the whole year and you know um they won they won the super bowl or even this year with the celtics like um jason taylor J- so Kyrie goes out Gordon Hayward's out, and no one expects them to do that well, but they get to, you know, the the Eastern Conference Finals, and, you know, if 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 LeBron, like, lost to them, like, it, no one's saying, like, well, LeBron should have beat them, you know, their two best players were out. You know, it still went to Game 7 without their two-star players. So, I mean, like, injuries are just a part of the game, and... Yeah, it has an effect on the game, but you you have to just keep playing. Um, I think Chris Paul's injury, what probably affected the most is that it really showed that the the Rockets don't have much depth. No, um, they're very front heavy. You know, very similar to the Warriors. Are the Warriors are very front heavy with their seventeen centers on their team? Um, why is Damian Jones on the team? Get him off the There's bench. There's so many centers. They have, you know, Looney, Javel, Jordan Bell, David West, Damian Jones. Am I Zaza missing Pachulia. any other? Zaza Pachulia. Six centers off the top of the dome on their bench. Why do they not have more wings? Why, do not, why don't they have more point guards? <laughs> Just more other Quinn things. Cook, Quinn Cook only came around when Steph Curry got injured. You know, it's just crazy. I know, mm-hmm. I know, like, Omri Casper didn't work out. Um, and Nick Young is just, like, kind of a Nick Young. I think Nick Young is hilarious, but... Uh, <laughs> Do you see his post-game press conference? When he's like, I don't want to answer these questions. I just want to turn up. Yep. 
Yep. The the game before, he said that Scottie Pippen or uh, Dennis Rodman told him that he was going to play defense, and he goes, no, that's not my game. And then he's like, you know what? I played some defense. You know what? He actually did play all right. He he had a, a, a more than a few dumb fouls, but, you know, he played hard on the defensive he, end. I was kind of impressed. Hard. He had a really important three. There was a really important three that he hit to keep it kind of close and keep them in it. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I thought he played well. Uh, but yeah, to, we'll go, to go back to my point of showing the Rockets uh, shallow depth, uh, Ryan Anderson oh, God. was really, really tough, man. I think was... I could have played better minutes than Ryan Anderson. <laughs> he was like negative 13. Yo, Just and that like doesn't even minutes. tell the whole story. He was cooked I mean, on every possession. And cooked while hand-checking Curry. You could have called a foul on every time Curry touched the ball. Ryan Henderson, two hands out in front of him, trying to guide Curry's hips like it's the 94 playoffs. Like, what is going on? Is it? Are we watching Jordan's Bulls? Or is hand-checking legal all of a sudden? It was absolutely ridiculous. And Regardless, I don't want to hear... A single fucking word uttered about the refs. You don't? No. I, mean, I, I didn't really because, notice it. I didn't think it was that bad, but I Yeah, do there were some bad calls. Both there, yeah, ways. there were some bad calls for the Rockets. I do remember yes, James Harden. Yes, he, James Harden on a, on a couple of th- the one ripped through three that, that was, didn't get that got called on the floor. That was really bad. Really, and bad. when uh, someone knocked into him on a three, it was the and one three, and they didn't count it or something like that. Um, yeah, they got hosed on a few calls, but dude, it, there I've seen way worse games than that. I mean, yes, things were probably slightly worse for the Rockets, but I don't think it was a, enough to to change the 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 outcome of the game. Yeah, um, I mean, you never know. I don't know if it was enough to tip the balance, but um, it definitely was a little worse for the Rockets. I would say that. But you, can't, I agree. You can't I blame, agree. You can't blame that on one game. That like one game's officiating. You know, you want to is, know the reason so they lost. It can change all the time. Do you want to know why no, they lost? How'd they lose? I can tell you right now. Because they missed 27 straight threes. <laughs> That's how you lose a game. I don't care about the refs. Hit three of those shots and the game's over. <laughs> make, don't make buckets. Make one-fourth of those shots. Shoot 25%. Shoot 20% from three and you win the game. Someone that the TNT guys were saying is take one dribble in and shoot a mid-range jumper. It won't kill you. I mean, those it threes won't. are not working, so try it. It's worth a shot. Yeah. It, it, do that, too. But, like, <laughs> don't blame the refs because you went for 0 for 27 in the last half of the game. One of the major culprits of that, too, was Trevor Ariza. Um, I think the reason he was so bad on the offensive end is because he's so gassed on the defensive he was jacking up shots from three, and they had no prayer. Absolutely no, no prayer. And they needed him to make those shots. And they were wide open. I have one in my mind. Of Trevor Ariza is a corner three, and Zaza Pachulia, that freaking... <laughs> giant dirtbag. <laughs> giant dirtbag was jumping. I hate that shit, man. That is the worst. And I know he's not the only person to do it. Uh, I think Dwayne Casey does it. I think uh, both benches were doing it. I was following benches, it. Uh, PJ yeah. Tucker did it, but dude, quit it with that shit. 
I know. And then what he like you? dapped Twelve? up. He like poked like Clay Thompson. Like, yo, see that I like made a mess. It's like you haven't played a single minute. If that's the best contribution you can give this team during this playoffs, you deserve to get sent back to Georgia or wherever the hell you're from. <laughs> you are correct. He is from Georgia. Yeah, exactly. The Republic of Georgia. I don't even know if that's a country anymore, but that's where he should get his ass sent back to. He'd be living in the airport like Terminal. <laughs> like Tom Hanks in Terminal? It'd be Tom Hanks. <laughs> Wilson! <laughs> He'd be returning people's carts for 25 cents so he can get a Big Mac. Just eating mad ketchup packets and salt? Yeah, except he's not handy, so he'd just be freaking... He would never get like a construction job on the on the, in the terminal. He'd just be freaking stuck there scheme and try to like step underneath people's legs so he could try to like assume for insurance fraud or something i don't know all right so i want to go a little bit deeper on this i want to go a little deep dive on that game a little bit more who were one player on each team that impressed you the most and you thought showed up in game seven yo pj tucker he showed up he showed up like like you wouldn't believe um Mm -hmm. he might have I would believe. I don't know how many. I don't know how many fouls PJ Tucker gets. I don't know if it's the same number as normal NBA players, but I think he gets eleven. <laughs> he gets eleven or twelve fouls. So, I commend him. He used all of them. <laughs> all right, who on the who on the Warriors? No, he he seriously plays like fouls don't exist for him. But dude, he's like six three and he's banging in there with Draymond and Jordan Bell who's not that tall. But still like he's in there banging with dudes and he was getting rebounds. What was the game five? He had sixteen rebounds. Mm-hmm. Um he, this game I think he had twelve. I would agree. I would so for the Rockets I'd say my number one would be PJ Tucker. No, number or two Jordan No no you know what it is? Eric Gordon. No, my number one is Clint Capella. Clint Capella showed really? up Game Seven. Game he Seven, he was really good. And that's all See, I'm that's talking about thing. right now. I think I think some of the t- the t- the players actually showed up all right. Mm-hmm. I think they got a pretty good game out of Eric Gordon. I mean, what do you really? What do you want more than that from Eric Gordon? I know he didn't really show up down the stretch, but I thought he was really good. Um, pretty much throughout the game, he was hitting some dagger threes in the beginning. Yeah. Clint Capella had a great game. What do you have? Twenty two. 22 and 9 or something. Yep, and PJ Tucker I thought played well and James Harden showed up for the first half. Um mm-hmm. you need your stars though. I don't moments. know if he got switched out with like Bizarro James Harden, you know, like <laughs> no, Direct no, no. TV James Harden. I think he just got cold. He's got a little cold. He, he probably got tired is what it what it happened. Could have been. So who on the Warriors would you say is your um underrated uh you know, overachieving performer? I don't know about over per, uh, overachieving. Um, well, who showed play- up? Who showed up? A player who I think played well, who might go kind of under the radar, um, would be Jordan Bell. Um, yeah, I think he gave a lot of intensity. Um, he was pretty good on the boards. He missed two dunks that he probably normally gets, but man, that dude's got bunnies. Um, he he can jump. He can play. Um, I like him. He. Played pretty good defense. You know, he's a rookie. so He's clearly he a rookie. Yeah, it's it was pretty obvious that he was a rookie. He didn't have some of the lateral quick, quickness or, you know, some of the things that you sh- would hope to see from, like, a person in his position. Um, you know, with that size and athleticism, you'd like to see him move a little quicker laterally. 
Um, I think he'll. He, I think he was good. And you know what really got the Warriors cooking was those two um, dump passes that he had to Curry in the corner oh, between it was the like, legs. Was so it was nice. yes. So it, it we'll just like paint the picture. It was when J- Curry would he drove to the basket and he would kind of look like the play was dead and he would dump it off to Jordan Bell and then he would curl to the corner and on one play Jordan Bell dropped it off to him and had an amazing clear out which was super not legal. <laughs> super on, illegal. On uh PJ Tucker, I think. And then the other one he had was the same exact play and he dropped the ball between his legs. Shout out to Andrew Bogut. And uh, Curry hit that corner three, and that like really ignited the Warriors. Um, so I think things like that um, might not really be noticed, but he, I think he played really well. How about you? No, that's that's who my pick was going to be. It kind of has to be Jordan Bell, I think. Um, He's the only bench player who showed up, really. Yeah. Um, you know, Kevon yeah. Looney played all right. Uh, Sean Livingston, he, nah. he kind of fell off a cliff. Um, Swaggy P was fine. Um yeah, I, I, if you're going to give it to anyone, I think you have to give it to him. Totally. So let's move on to the other series with the Cavaliers beating the Boston Celtics in game in seven games as well. Both we both road, called this. We both called this. Both road teams won in game seven. We may not have called the exact amount of games, but I have said since day one that it will be Warriors-Cavs. Just saying. Just want to point that out there. Yeah, I probably didn't say that because I think the Cavs suck. And I think that goes to show how bad the East is. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, I just think the East is not good. I, I LeBron's team is so much worse than they were last year. So much. So okay. much worse. Let's talk about that last game. Let's talk about game seven. Um, basically, a really ugly uh, Eastern dr- knockout wizard. drag out fight. Is the Eastern Conference Rockets? You. So just kind of wasn't it? Kind of. It was but a LeBron put up thirty-seven, ten, and nine. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I mean, he was he was really really good. Yeah, and that's a normal stat line for him now, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's just like what he does. Yeah, at thirty-three in like his fifteenth year and making the finals eight times in a row. Shout out to LeBron. Golf clap. Yeah, for man. LeBron. Shout out to LeBron. Good for you, man. Oh, looks like I have Wi-Fi again. Dude, I have Wi-Fi again. Mine went out and then is back together again. Yo. Yo. Maybe Yo. we're figuring it out. Maybe. <laughs> but maybe, though. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what was like your biggest takeaway from Game 7? Who do you think on, you know, having, I guess, back to the injury front, um, having Kevin Love gone, what does that do for the Cavs? I didn't even notice him not being there. <laughs> is that sad? A little bit. <laughs> Which is weird quiet. because he's their second best player. Yeah. And he's been playing fine. Um, the rest of his team is just so bad. Um, Jordan Clarkson's worthless. Larry Nance had like a billion fouls. He was really bad. Really he bad. He was not good. Um, um, Rodney Hood can't play, so he just doesn't play. Well, um, yeah. Kyle Korver didn't show up until like the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, it was rough on their front, but they had LeBron. That's kind of how it com- what it comes down to. That's why they won the series is because they had LeBron James, the best player in the league. Yeah. And, okay, so let me look. You know what? Uh, Jeff Green played pretty well. 
Jeff Green was their best player besides LeBron. Besides LeBron, uh, he. But you can't. You're not get, expecting to get that every every. Hey, ever good for again. him though. I'm glad he showed up. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate Jeff Green. Yo, how is George Hill plus twenty seven? Dude, he's just effective. <laughs> he had just six like, points. Kind of decent. He had six points and he was plus twenty four. Yo, maybe he's only plus on minus when LeBron's. Yeah, plus like minus on. is pretty sus, dude. Not gonna lie. <laughs> it it you need a large sample size for plus minus. It doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> plus minus can be really sus because George Hill going two for six with no threes and two rebounds and two assists and two turnovers does not equate to a plus twenty four. Those numbers don't work together. No. Corver Corver has to play better. They need him to play like they really need a him. lot of minutes and play well. Yeah. So do you want to talk about um or we'll just keep going with this. Let's pour some let's pour some out for the Celtics real quick. Let's yeah. let's talk about them and then we'll get to the uh, preview. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, I want to talk about the Celtics and give them com- like commend them on their efforts in making it to a game seven against LeBron um, in the Eastern Conference Finals without their two star players. Good job, good job, Boston. Good job being a great organization, being prepared and being ready, and knowing what to do, and having a good coach and a good structure and players that aren't afraid of the moment. Yeah, and the rookies, young players. Um... Every, a lot of people were kind of were talking about the Sixers, like, oh, is this the Sixers' year? You know, it's a young team. Have we really seen a young team do something like this? Uh, what are the past young teams that have produced and have outperformed with their expectations? I gotta say, the Sixer, the Celtics are much more that team than the Celtics than the Sixers were. Mm-hmm. I think the the Celtics, led by their two young guns. Um, Tatum and uh, Jalen. Uh, Jalen didn't play great. I think Tatum played really. Tatum. He played I, well in spurts. No, I thought Tatum. I, I don't even care if he didn't do it all the time. He played great. He showed up. Yeah, he wanted it. Um, he went. I, he didn't also, want it quite enough, though. Do you know what he, I'm saying? He and still I tried to play within the offense. I get that, though. He's yeah. He, I I would rather him. I don't know. I, not that I'd rather have him, but. I understand someone still playing within their means. Yeah, no, but I get it. They needed more out of him. They needed more. He was their best player. Yeah, he was. And uh, he will be eventually <laughs> their yeah. best player. He won't be next year. Um, but I'm excited for what that team has to come. Um, He's got a, a really diverse offensive skill set. Like, he has a lot, a lot of different moves. And he's creative, and he's interesting. He's got a jumper. He's got you know takes to the hole. Um, I was really impressed with him, especially dunking on LeBron. We, let's. Oh my up. God, that was amazing. <laughs> he yammed that on was LeBron. amazing. <laughs> that was so great. Hey, everyone gets dunked on at some point. Yeah, man, so funny, so um, awesome. And then chest to chest bump him too. <laughs> yeah, I think that just shows that he's gonna be a star. Yeah, someone who is willing to take that, I think, yeah, man, really awesome. Sky's the limit for him. And t- people were talking down Terry Rozier, saying like, "Hey, he missed ten three point attempts, and he was afraid." I don't know. He didn't look that afraid of me. He was jacking, 
I think that was his problem. He wasn't. He was not he afraid. Was. <laughs> no, but it's. I mean, you need guys like that, and sometimes they're hot, and sometimes they're cold. And he was cold. Um, maybe take a little less threes, but I like the attitude and the energy. I mean, I loved when he took the ball and was going to dunk on LeBron. I was like, oh, he is going to go for it. I'm like, he's aiming to try and dunk on LeBron. And I respect yeah, him for going for it. I really like that move. I think I he just got to try to end for it. it. He, you got to try and end it, and he went for it. Because it, here's the thing: everyone expects LeBron to block that. Mm-hmm. And worst case scenario, he blocks it, and you have to get the momentum back. Mm-hmm. But you didn't have the momentum. Best case scenario, you slam it down his throat <laughs> like a snake eating an egg. <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd goes fucking wild. And, you know, we might be talking about the Celtics going to the finals right now. I think you got to go for it. I respect that. There was a play in the middle of the season. And I specifically remember another young player going for it. Uh, Kyle Kuzma went for a dunk on LeBron or somebody. And he missed the most miraculous miss I've ever seen. <laughs> he banged the ball off the back of the rim and it probably went to half court. Um, but young players, when they show that type of determination, not to just lay it in on you, but they want to dunk it on you. I think that's important. I really respect Terry Rozier going for it. It didn't turn out, but props to you, man. I really think I'm glad. I'm glad he went for that. I think it's important. I'd rather see that than him bail out. I totally agree. I think that was the best possible option for him. Um, can we start stop talking about can the media stop talking about trading Kyrie and keeping Terry Rozier though? Can oh yeah, that's, that's not yeah, that's not happening. It's not happening. Yep. Um and I I I'm sticking to my guns. I've been saying it the whole time. I'd much rather have Smart than Rozier. You think? Next Smart, year? Smart gives you that adi- like an attitude and energy always. He can play within the offense better than Rozier. Not so, okay, if you want to have Rozier, I think it's more of insurance for if Kyrie gets injured again and you which have totally a point guard, which is totally possible. But I think you got to kind of roll the dice with the NBA being the way it is and with windows for, for winnings being so small and so tight, you have to maximize your potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think keeping smart allows you to increase your potential and your ceiling more than keeping Rozier. Um, Rozier, I think, is another one of those players that um, kind of like uh, Victor Oladipo or like Dion Waiters or one of those players that just can't come off the bench and heat up. Not like, you know, it can't be a Jamal Crawford. Um, he can't just like come off the bench and be hot or like Kyle Korver. Uh, you're just like hot always. Um, he needs to get minutes and be within the flow of the offense to really produce. And he's not going to have that with Kyrie there. Thoughts? I couldn't disagree more. You couldn't disagree more? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no. I totally agree with that. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. I He's he's one of those rhythm players. I think he needs the ball. He needs every point guard in that offense does well. Um, the lead point guard, Isaiah Thomas last year, Kyrie Irving this year, Rozier when he went out. So, I mean, it's the point guard of that offense. It's not necessarily Terry Rozier, in my opinion. Word. Let's do the preview. Let's do the preview. Uh, Cavs Warriors for the 
fourth straight year, LeBron's eighth year in the finals in a row, which is really impressive, especially when you switch teams. What? <laughs> Sorry, I zoned out. Uh, it was a little jab, little jab. Would you jab at uh, LeBron switching teams again? Um, oh yeah, but I digress. I'm mostly kidding because the Warriors got a big advantage from a player switching teams. So yes, they did. <laughs> uh, okay, so Cavs Warriors. We know the guys are going to show up. We know the Lebrons. We know Gian. Gian. Gian always the, shows Gian, up. That dude always shows up. <laughs> Durant's going to play well because they have no one who can guard him. Curry will probably play well. Mm -hmm. um, But who are those extra guys on the Warriors and the um, on the Warriors and the Cavs that really need to show up? Did you say Gian? No, Gian will be Gian will be there. Oh yeah, that's right. Gian, that dude always shows up. No, he always shows up. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to the Kroll Show. Anyone? (laughs) Such a random. We're probably the only ones who've seen that episode. It's a uh, Ghostbusters, Ghost Bouncers, Ghost Bouncers, aka Bobby Bottle Service, aka Bobby Bottle Service. <laughs> so please um, go watch that on YouTube. Yeah, that's a really good one. So who shows up besides Gian? Um, I don't know. I think it's it's it. It pretty much just matters. I think. Having Iguodala back will be really big if he comes back, which he really should. I think he was pretty questionable for the last game. Um, I think he comes back for game one uh, with a few days rest. Um, Being back home, I think he will be ready for game one, hopefully. Um, So I think just having him back will be really big. Um, You need the role players to just be okay uh, if the Warriors are going to win. And you need, you know... KD, Curry, and Draymond. Can we talk about what's going on with Draymond Green? He can't shoot. He can't shoot. Does he have the yips? Yeah, 100%. He might have the yips because he's shooting something like 25% from three. He I probably less. Probably less. He never was a great three-point shooter, but he was serviceable. And I don't know if players... Um, playing off him that much has gotten to his head where he feels like oh shit like they're playing off me maybe i can't hit threes so i don't really know what is going on with him but it seems really weird that all of a sudden he just can't shoot threes um even his rookie year uh steve kerr didn't want him to shoot threes but he was shooting threes anyway because he had that um the the not the willpower but the confidence and now it seems like the confidence isn't there i just don't know what is going on i mean you go back to 2016 game seven draymond green was like the mvp of that game if it wasn't for Kyrie shot draymond green hit like seven threes and Mm. and played out of his freaking mind um so i don't know what really is going on with that so they don't need him to hit threes to win, but without the threat of him shooting threes anymore, it really zaps their offense. And I think that might have been one of the reasons that they didn't they weren't able to move the ball as well against the Warrior or the Rockets. The Rockets played really well, but without the threat of Draymond Green shooting, no one is going to run up and try to stop him, which which created those, you know, attack the rim 
make a decision play that Draymond Green's so good at because that collapses the defense and then he can kick out to shooters, throw the lob or dunker layup. And that really hasn't been there since he's lost that three. Um, so I think him showing up is probably not him showing up, but I think that that's one thing that the Warriors are really missing. The two players that I think are going to actually matter a lot in this game are the Tristan Thompson and Kavon Looney. Oh, sorry. I was speaking just for the Warriors. Oh. I didn't. I haven't said a cap, but you can go ahead. I'll, I'll yeah. uh, get on the get on my back after this. Um, yeah, I will. So the rebound battle has always been a problem for the Warriors against the Cavaliers. Tristan Thompson has historically eaten up the Warriors, um, and that is like a war of attrition. Whoever has more offensive possessions and more offensive rebounds. Um, and more chances at the basketball hoop, uh, they tend to win. I mean, it's really hard to beat a team when they get 20 more shots than you, you know? If the Warriors have a turnover-happy, offensive-rebound-happy game, um, they're not going to do great, and they could easily lose that, especially in Cleveland, um, when your role plays players play better. Um, so Kevon Looney, or whoever center they play against, Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love, I think the rebound battle um, between those two um, is going to be the most one of the most important factors in winning the series, besides the stars. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, that what that's what really killed the Warriors um, in 2016. Um, Tristan Thompson's just tenacity on the offensive boards really gave those extra possessions to the Cavs. Um, we all know LeBron's not going to break down. He just like <laughs> cardio and uh, you know uh, like the battle attrition is not going to matter because he played every single minute of the last two games. <laughs> he might ride his bike to the game as a he, pre-game cardio. Yeah, he's really mastered the ability to take time off during the game opposed to resting. <laughs> Um, and whatever it be, timeouts. Yo, shout out to Ty Lu. Ty Lu, I think, has actually coached really well. Whoa, never these heard playoffs. that. I know, I would have never expected it, but I think Ty Lu has actually done a pretty good job. One of the things I was impressed with was you're only allowed two timeouts going with uh, three minutes left or two minutes less of the game, and Ty Lu called a timeout right before to give LeBron the extra like three minutes of rest or whatever it was. Totally worth it little things like that i think he you know he shortened up the lineup like crazy which you he kind of have to i think he's done like an actually decent job i sometimes i I worry about steve kerr on the other coaching side because he likes to play those random players um two years ago he had anderson vergeau and fesses azili playing big minutes you know and yeah. those players and, have no business being on the court ever, really. No, but th- at the same time, you got to remember when Anderson Vergeau played in Game 7 um, against OKC and was kind of a spark plug for them, and he only played like three or five minutes, but he played really well in those minutes and actually helped the Warriors win Game 7. Steve Kerr does it, though, where he plays a lot of his bench all he at does. once. He does. And, and that's a little scary. That's that's yes. my main concern, is that I, he put in lineups with um, Swaggy P and... Sean Livingston. Sean Livingston and Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook, Cook like and, and then, you know, like David Katie West. and Draymond, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah and, then, and then KD. That's, that's a lot of backups. I don't... I don't know if I'd play that deep. I don't really care for that either. 
So um, let's do one key of the of the series, one key to winning the series. What do the Cavs need to do to win the series? I'm trying to think. What's Jesus's availability for the game? <laughs> Ask Tom Brady. He's got a he's got a plug in. Does Tom Brady? That's a deep cut on an SNL skit. Oh yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. It's a massive skit. Deep, that is a good skit. Um, I'm trying. The, the offensive boards, they need to slow it down. They need to just hammer it in with LeBron and slow the pace down to a grind. Um, get a ton of offensive rebounds with Tristan and Love. Um, Corver needs to hit his threes, and LeBron needs to keep putting up, you know. 35 to 45 points a game that's kind of what they need to win i know that's a lot but i honestly can't really think of much else um how about you i say agree with the pace i think pace is going to be key for the cavaliers they need to slow this game down and slow this series down they need this to be like a 95 like a 90 to 85 game they need low scoring, under 100, every single time. They need to take all the shot clock. Isolation. Isolation beat the Warriors um, two years ago. Isolation's all they played. They played isolation with Kyrie and LeBron James. And then they had the role players basically rebounding. And I think they're going to have to do that again. Um, isolation and slowing the pace down will be the keys for the Cavaliers. Yeah. And what are your keys for the Warriors? Movement. One word, movement. The Warriors need to keep moving, moving the ball, moving their bodies. They need uh, to have the offensive flow that makes them special. If they lose the offensive flow, they will have a hard time, and it will they'll sputter. Um, not saying they won't win the series or not, but I think their movement on offense, their defense should be there. The only thing, okay, so offensively, movement and defensively intensity they need to continue to be intense and realize this is a nba finals like you can't act like you were the rest of the season this is really important yeah uh i would have to say not precision but uh you know execute Mm -hmm. you know they get sloppy and they get complacent um and it's those games where they'll look unbeatable and then the next game, they'll start out and they'll have, you know, they'll give up 19 points off turnovers. Stuff like that. You just can't have that mm-hmm. in the finals. Mm-hmm. I know they have a greater uh, margin of error, you know, where they, they can mess up more than other teams and still win. But you can't be messing around that much when it comes to the finals. You really have to strap down and play smart. And they haven't shown that really. Um, so I think that's kind of their biggest thing. But I think if Iguodala comes back, even for at game two and he's healthy for the rest of the season, rest of the series, I kind of think it's a wrap. I think it might go five. All right, let's pre- With the let's- possibility of a sweep. Let's do our predictions. So who you got in the series? I got the Warriors in five. With a sleeper sweep in the mix. The only reason I don't say sweep is because I don't know if they can keep that level of uh, quality play 
for game in and game out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go Warriors in six. I'm okay. gonna, I'm gonna, uh, not that I, you know, think I'm not sure how this is gonna go. I, I'm really not sure how this series is gonna go because uh, LeBron can really do a lot of things, and if the Warriors don't play like they should, they can lose pretty easily. Um, it's more like the Warriors beat the Warriors than than the other team a lot of times. So. Um, I, I see neither team having a problem winning in either arena. Um, it's, if you impose your will, then you might win the game regardless of what arena you're in. Um, Golden State has pretty good crowds. Cleveland has pretty good crowds, but you know, they're, they're a little more, they're a little more white collar in, uh, Golden State. And then in Cleveland, I just don't know how many. They don't have the same intensity and same amount of like nostalgia as Boston would have. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not the same oomph. Yeah, I was terrified of the Celtics being in the finals, honestly. I was not, I'm not afraid at all of the Cavs. I think the Cavs aren't good. I think they're much worse than they were last year. Even though last year was secretly a much closer series than people realize, um, they're not good this year. We will see. I mean, I, I I think the best bet's probably Warriors. Actually, I'm I'm switching mine. Warriors in five. They're they're two. They're way better. They should win. Yeah. I hate to go back on my picks like literally a second after I make them. I know. I was struggling between five and six. It's gonna be either five or six. I really see no way they get swept. No way. No chance. Dude, it could happen though. No, I no way. No way they. No way. They lose one game guaranteed. What odds do you lay me? If there's a sweep, like if I put like a buck down, what will you give me in return? Like what's fair? I feel like it's it's one to one. Fuck out of here. Yeah, they're not. No, projected, it is not. They're not projected to sweep. That's what I'm saying. Why would it be odd? Like why would it be even? Oh, even so me- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got. So you. like if I'm putting out a dollar, you know. So like if if I win, I get five dollars, and if you win, you get two dollars. Like it's something like that. I don't. Uh, okay, I like that. That's fine. I I, I say I'll bet you five dollars that. Uh, okay, the, so it'd be like two and a half game. at least. So at least one it, game. So it'd be like a plus two fifty. You think? Yeah, sounds good to me. Okay. You down? Verbal handshake. Yeah, sounds good. All right. I don't mind losing more money. It's whatever. <laughs> Just hemorrhaging money here in Boston. <laughs> All right. You want to wrap this one up? Yeah, mom and dad are gonna have to scoop me up. <laughs> After I'm done selling my TV, Xbox, laptop, phone, you guys are going to have to come pick me up. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> like six months. Um, so for those who haven't, go to MrBallCaps.com. As always, we are sponsored by them. Uh, they have your best shirts, hats, vintage apparel, everything you might need. Go to their store um, at MrMRBallCaps.com and promo code is as always, T-Mom. T-Mom at checkout. T-M-O-M. Not at checkout. All caps. Not Teen Mom. T-Mom. I said T-Mom. I know. I'm just saying for all those people hard of hearing. Mm, thank you, Fish. Is that a I checkout? I'm assuming it's a checkout, right? Yeah, a checkout. And I know someone who might be a co-host of the Masters of Mediocrity podcast who just copped a dope Jurassic <laughs> Park vintage shirt from 1993. I may have, and I may have to show it on the podcast sometime. Dude, that thing is so fire. Super fire. 
I'll, so I'll, yeah, we'll, you, we'll blast I'm, it out. Yeah, we're we've actually been posting, so like check it out. Um, Team Mama, check out MrBallCaps.com. We're going to be doing uh, another full size run of the Cucumbas hat. So if you missed out on the last run, um, we'll be posting stuff to let you know when it's coming out. So definitely check that out. Shout out to Hardball. Um, yeah, so just check that out. Um, and I know that my bribe, not a bribe, has not been working. So we'll try something new. If you comment and and rate and review and send me a screenshot, you'll pay me money. <laughs> so we'll see how that works out we've got no takers on the bribe not bribe so i'm wondering maybe if people anti-bribe me, maybe that will be what everyone needs to get their ass in gear and freaking rate and review and subscribe to our podcast very cool very exciting yep so uh you can send money to me um my venmo name is fraser underscore kess I believe. Let me fact check that real quick because I don't want some honky named Fraser Kuss getting my cash. Um, All right. Let's wrap bear this with one me. up. We no, are, hold, we, on, no. hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yep. Fraser <laughs> underscore Kess, just like my Twitter handle. Send, send me money on Venmo. Shout out to Venmo. Be like Nick Rogers. Did, did, you, did you hear about this? Did I tell you oh, about I this? Oh, I know. Yeah. You, you want to tell the people? Yeah, shout out to my boy Nick Rogers. So I was talking to him about how I want to get back into skateboarding, but like I don't really have the money to buy a deck and all that stuff because it's kind of pricey. So he's like, "Dude, I'll pay, I'll pay for you." I was like, "All right, man, thanks." Like, you don't have to. And he sends me fifty cents. He's like, "I'm gonna send you fifty cents every week until you can build a deck." I'm like, "All right." So by like 2020, I'll have enough money for a deck. <laughs> so he's a man of his word. He has sent me fifty cents every Friday. For the last six weeks. So you have $3. I have $3. Actually, seven weeks. I have three fifty. What a what, I'm, a what a good guy. I'm very, very far away from a deck. But if more people send me money, I might be able to have a deck someday. So it's Venmo, Fraser underscore Kess. And it's what keeps this podcast going. Without supporters like you sending me money for no reason, we don't have listeners. We don't have this content, so. All right. Love y'all. Have a good night. Love you guys. Bye.